Welcome to this week's Valor Podcast. This is Pastor Brad, and I will be taking us through Acts chapter 12, focusing on the topic of interceding through prayer. I highly recommend you watch Pastor Greg's message on Acts chapter 12 in his Upside Down Life series with the title, What Happens When Christians Pray Together? You can find it at harvest.church and click on the Listen, Watch, Read tab and go to Watch Sermons. On this podcast, I want to do a case study on the topic of interceding in prayer in the story of Peter, one of the original 12 apostles who had some serious flaws during Jesus' ministry here on earth, even to the point of him denying that he even knew Jesus. And Jesus, after his resurrection, gently restores Peter in only a way that Jesus can. From that point and into the day of Pentecost, where Peter receives the Holy Spirit and becomes a spiritual force to be reckoned with. To begin our chapter, King Herod got it into his head to go after some of the church members. And not just go after them, he murdered one of the sons of thunder, James, John's brother. When Herod saw how much it raised his popularity ratings with the Jews, he arrested Peter. All this during Passover week. Herod had him thrown in jail, putting four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. He was planning a public execution after Passover. What do we do when challenging things happen in our lives? When terrible things happen to us or to people we know? We fall to our knees in prayer. As Pastor Greg reminds us, prayer should be our first resource, not our last resort. It was the great evangelist Billy Graham who said, quote, True prayer is a way of life, not just for use in cases of emergency. Make it a habit, and when the need arises, you will be in practice, end quote. Prayer by one single person is powerful. Add the whole church praying, and you have a spiritual revolution in heavenly places. It was pastor and author Ian e. Bounds who observed that, The prayers of God's saints are the capital stock in heaven by which Christ carries on his great work upon the earth. In Peter's own epistle, he reminds us that God's ears are opened to our prayers. We see many times in the Bible, the word but is a turning point in a story. We even see this in our next chapter of Acts, chapter 13. Luke wrote there, When they had carried out all that was written about Jesus, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the dead. In Romans 6.23, we read, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. The turning point in our story comes in verse 5. Let's read those verses together. Peter was therefore kept in prison. And here's the turning point. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring Peter out, that night Peter was pacing back and forth in worry. Peter was wringing his hands together. No, we read that Peter was sleeping, 
bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. If you're taking notes, our first point here today is Peter the Faithful. Peter the Faithful. We can never underestimate the power of a praying church. Someone once said, The angel brought Peter out of prison, but it was prayer that brought the angel. Peter was chained to two Roman soldiers and facing the probability of being executed the very next day. And we find him sleeping. And as we'll find out in just a few moments, he was sleeping very soundly. What gave Peter such calm in the middle of a storm? Two times previously, Peter had been a prisoner. Was it those experiences? Those two times he was imprisoned after great victories. This time, he was imprisoned after the murder of his good friend and colleague, James. The thing that gave Peter calm in the midst of a storm was the many believers praying for him. Even today, when you hear there are many people praying for you, it gives you hope. It gives you assurance. You may not know that we here at Harvest have a Harvest family prayer chain. We as a church family pray for people every day. We get requests from people multiple times a day, and we send those out to literally hundreds of people to pray. One of the most powerful ways to pray is to pray God's promises in God's Word. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 41.10, which says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand hand. Perhaps Peter was hanging on to this promise, or he may have remembered Jesus' word to him in a promise that he would live a long life, but also die on a cross, so Herod could not harm him at this point. This should remind us that we are indestructible until God's appointed time to call us home to heaven. What Peter did, we should do, and that is lay hold of the promises of God and commit our ways to the Lord. Our next point we see is Peter the follower. Peter the follower. Growing up, did your parents ever ask you why you did something you shouldn't have done? Why did you ditch school today? Well, because my friend Joey ditched today. Well, if Joey jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff too? Sometimes we follow the wrong person, but sometimes we follow the right one. Let's look at verse 7 together. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them in its own accord. And they went out and down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Talk about somebody sound asleep. The angel lit up the prison cell, maybe even called out Peter's name. But he had to hit Peter on the side just to wake him up. Peter followed the angel's instructions, and he followed the angel out of the prison. Of the four guards watching Peter, two were chained to him, and two watched the door, yet none of them noticed his escape. And I love how this angel cared for Peter. 
reminding us what Psalm 34, 7 says. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Peter recognized it was a miracle. We see the natural and the supernatural working side by side here and many times in the Bible. Jesus takes a few fish and some bread and multiplies to feed 4,000 and 5,000 people. And there's leftovers, natural and supernatural. Jesus has Peter go fishing. First fish he catches will have a gold coin in his mouth so they can pay taxes. Natural and supernatural. The angel has Peter put on clothes and shoes and escorts him out of a locked prison without anyone seeing. Natural and supernatural. We do the ordinary. God does the miraculous. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but men still had to roll the stone from the tomb. Peter followed in obedience. We should learn from his example and follow in obedience as well. So we saw Peter the faithful and Peter the follower. Let's look now at Peter the fugitive. In verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, "Uh, It's his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Now the angel only stayed as long as he was needed. Then the rest was up to Peter. Peter makes his way over to the prayer meeting at John Mark's mother's house. We'll see more of John Mark later on in the book of Acts. He is the author of the Gospel of Mark. He's also Barnabas' cousin. So we see the church praying in one accord, as they were in Acts chapter 1. They prayed fervently, as James reminds us to, and they prayed night and day. They prayed without ceasing, as Paul tells us to. Their prayers were intelligent and specific. They weren't the God save the whole world type of general prayer. It was very directed, which should, should tell us our prayer should be intelligent and specific as well. And as a result, Peter is standing at the gate knocking to let him in. He is a fugitive running from the law, so to speak. He was probably knocking rapidly and looking right and left to see anyone was chasing him. Kind of reminds me of a scene from a movie. The bad guys are chasing the good guy. He runs to his car fumbles with the keys, has a difficult time getting the key into the ignition, all as the bad guys are running after him. He finally starts the car and hurries off with the bad guys almost getting to him. Totally makes me nervous. When I read this story, I feel the same way. Let Peter in before the bad guys come. Peter had enough faith to sleep during his death row sentence, but these people at the prayer meeting didn't have enough faith to open the door and let Peter in. As it has been noted before, God could get Peter out of a prison, but Peter can't get himself into a prayer meeting. Now, to be fair, these church members at this prayer meeting, it could have been the authorities coming to arrest more church members knocking at the door. So you could see how they might have been cautious. But we all have to love Rhoda's response. She recognized Peter's voice, but was so excited she forgot to let him in. Poor Peter, a fugitive all out in the open. Maybe Peter remembered Jesus' word in Matthew and Luke's gospel that says to keep seeking, keep asking, keep 
knocking. He kept knocking. Our final point today is Peter the focused. Peter the focused in verse 17. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. It seems like everybody began to speak at once and Peter had to silence them. He got them all focused on the God who rescued him and on what the Lord had done for him and for them in answering their prayer. And just as a historical note, the James that Peter is referring to here is Jesus' half-brother and the author of the epistle that bears his name, not the son of thunder who was martyred earlier in our story. As we begin to wrap up today's podcast, it's worth noting that as the church, we can still pray for our brothers and sisters who are in prison today. Not only can we, we should. One just needs to look at the news to find a story about imprisoned Christians all around the world. Just type in imprisoned Christians in a Google search and click on the news tab and see the results. Just this week, I found this. Church leader in Iran was among nine Christians released from an Iranian prison within the last week. The release is pending a review of their sentences. Pastor Matthias Abdul Riza Allahagdajad from the Church of Iran was initially sentenced to five years in prison along with eight other members of the church for endangering state security and promoting Zionist Christianity. Another story in China, an appeals court has upheld a seven-year jail term for a Christian online bookstore owner who was sentenced in 2020 on charges of selling Christian religious books illegally. Linhai City Court in eastern China dismissed the appeal and confirmed the sentence against Chen Yu, the head of the Wheat Bookstore. Chen was arrested on September 1, 2020 and charged with illegal business operation for selling Christian books. He was sentenced to seven years in prison and fined the equivalent of $31,000 by the Linhai City Court. Final story. Five Chinese Christians who traveled to Malaysia with valid passports and valid visas to attend a religious conference in 2020 were handed jail terms on charges of illegal border crossing. They were arrested last year and spent more than five months in a detention center. So, how can we pray for these brothers and sisters in Christ? We ought to pray that God will give them grace to bear with suffering so they might have a triumphant witness for the Lord. We should ask the Spirit to minister the word to them and bring it to their remembrance. It is right to ask God to protect his own and give them wisdom that they must day after day deal with the difficult enemy. We must ask God that, if it is his will, that they be delivered from their bondage and suffering and reunite with their loved ones. One thing we continually see in the book of Acts is found in verse 24. The word of God increased and multiplied. It continued to grow. In the best of times, God's word grows. In the worst of times, God's word grows even faster. It increases and it multiplies. So, we saw Peter the faithful, Peter the follower, Peter the fugitive. And as we conclude our time today, one last bonus point I'd like to share with you. Peter the final act. This is the last time we hear of Peter in the book of Acts, except for a brief appearance in chapter 15. It's like saying goodbye to an old friend. But what a great example he's been through these first 12 chapters in the book of Acts. May we take these truths to heart 
and implement them in our own lives. I'd like to end our time by praying for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to discern between the thoughts and the tents of our hearts. We're thankful that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and grace in our time of need. And you know what each one of us, our time of need is. We thank you, as James tells us, that the effectual, fervent prayers of righteous people avails much, and we are righteous because of Jesus. So we know that this prayer and other prayers that we pray go directly into your throne room, and that you answer them according to your will. And so we trust you and entrust ourselves to you. Continue to grow us in the most holy faith through the teaching of your word, the studying of the word, and the living of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to this Valor podcast on Acts chapter 12. May God continue to bless you as you study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.